Welcome to Metal Injections, the Squared Circle Pit. Welcome to a very special hybrid Metal Injection Livecast Patreon video episode and Squared Circle Pit audio episode. It's Rob here with 3D from the Metal Injection Livecast. It's Darren. And uh, we're going to talk about the the WrestleMania pay-per-view, which happened this past weekend. It was a very unique show. It was the first WrestleMania to be uh, performed without an audience. And it was also the first one uh, stretch over two nights. It was also and the first one uh, where John Cena didn't get booed. Also true. That's right. The first WrestleMania without <laughs> John Cena getting booed. And uh, overall, it was okay. I went into it uh, with pretty low expectations. Uh, honestly, I thought it was going to suck. And uh, it didn't really suck. It was all right. It wasn't, I'm not going to say it was great, uh, but I didn't regret watching it. So in that sense, I guess it was good. <laughs> I will say um, I also went to probably with lower expectations than you do. You tend to be on the more optimistic side about WWE, even though I give you a lot, an immense amount of credit because you acknowledge when things are shitty. But I think you're always are looking for the bright side in things. Uh, would that be fair to say? Uh, well, yeah, like for me, I think uh, also my... Uh, expectation of wwe has diminished so much that i'm just like like we, 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 sometimes when we have our disagreements i'm just like yeah they're never going to do this so i'm not even hoping for right. it <laughs> right. well that's something i actually you know uh, not to kiss your ass too much i admire that about you in general your disposition is that you see the positive in a lot of things which is great yeah but when it comes to wwe i feel like it causes us to butt heads occasionally because yeah i just think they're awful uh, so I went into it with very, very low expectations, and I did find some good things about it. Like, I honestly, I think I feel like I cleared the low bar of what I was expecting, especially yeah. I feel the first night was way better than the second night. Yeah, and I think this is what happened. So, like, we both went in with low expectations. Everyone kind of went in with low expectations. And the first night was actually not bad. I enjoyed it. Actually, it was a, a easy three-hour watch. Uh, and because of that, in a way, when I woke up on Sunday, I was kind of like less negative than I was on Saturday. Cause it was like, big oh, mistake. Well, that was, that, yeah, <laughs> it was a big mistake. Cause then Sunday was the weaker show. So I should have went in with those same expectations. Maybe I would have liked it a little better. I'm not sure but, it would have helped, but let's go through it. So let's go. We're not going to really, uh, kind of we're going to power through some of these because we you know whatever it doesn't have to we don't have to like for example alexa bliss bliss and nikki cross alexa bliss they circumcised (laughs) the baby in the ring (laughs) uh they defeated kabuki warriors to win the women's tag team champions ultimately i wasn't happy with the result i prefer the kabuki warriors but then again it really doesn't matter (laughs) that's kind of how my feeling on it i mean the, the bright side you could say is maybe they'll stop with the Kabuki Warrior stuff and just let Asuka be a badass again, you know? Right, and Kyrie be her set like a face. Right. Although I, li- I like, they, they did a good job with what they were handed, but I agree. They're much stronger as singles. They are the, the, the on a smaller scale, the New Day, you know, who were handed a terrible, terrible yeah. gimmick. 
uh, because WWE basically said, oh, black guys, they're in a gospel choir. Uh, but now, now they're like the hottest shit, and they did it completely organically. So I feel like they did the same thing with their terrible cards that they were dealt. Elias versus Corbin. I I was like 15 minutes behind, and I completely <laughs> fast forwarded through this. Thank I, you. I, I was worried I was going to let you carry this match because I didn't really know. I feel like I zoned out. I actually let it play all the way through, but I was doing other things and I just do not like I'm physically and mentally repulsed by Corbin and, and really like uh, I feel like Elias is lame now it's kind of like the WWE thing with a gimmick where the shelf life of the gimmick is like you think it's kind of funny and cool for like three to maybe six months and then they still run the same exact thing over and over like in the same exact way for another yeah. two years and it's just like <laughs> alright I get it I don't care yeah. I, uh, so a lot. I'm over Elias. Uh, Becky, he's an SNL. He's an SNL sketch. I would even like that's not even, that's flattering to him. I would say even. Okay. Uh, Becky Lynch versus uh, Shayna Baszler. I think this was like the first match where I'm like, all right, this is getting pretty good. Uh, the ending was kind of lame. It was just a roll up. It was it was actually a WrestleMania eight, a tribute to WrestleMania eight with Bret Hart and Roddy Piper. Uh, but I, I guess just don't understand why though. why Shayna Baszler didn't win though. Can you explain? I that agree. To me? I thought she should have won as well. Uh, maybe because there was no. I don't know. Like there's, there maybe because there was no crowd thing doesn't make sense because other titles changed hands and there was no crowd like much bigger ones that could have not changed hands. Uh, well, I, have, I have a lot to say about that. But we'll get, but, we'll get uh, but maybe they just didn't want uh, like they didn't want like a negative. Uh, Story like they wanted the good guy to win. They wanted like happy endings. I, this is like really giving them the benefit of the doubt here. But it, again, it doesn't matter. Like whatever. <laughs> right. Exactly. Though, but I mean, we are dissecting the things. So, right. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I want to get. I wanted to just pick your brain about what what possible benefit could they have. Yeah, that's. What I I just think they just want Becky Lynch fans to feel happy. You know, like I don't know. They're gonna like her anyway. The point is yeah. to manipulate them into you know, a certain feeling of negativity and then get them, get, you know, pr Perhaps promote another... The, uh, the argument is like, well, right now we just want people, we just want to distract people and keep them happy. I don't, like, again, I'm reaching here. I don't, I don't totally disagree with that, but it's just disproved by other matches on this show that we're going to get. Yeah. Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan. This was fun. I actually liked all the guys being around the ring. It really added to it because the... Silence was like brutal at times uh, when the commentators aren't talking and they're just like doing a like a headlock, which you shouldn't really be doing in these empty arenas anyway. You shouldn't uh, be doing them in full arenas either. Uh, but yeah, so but I, I like the match. Not I don't have much to say about it. It was fine. I, I wanted to ask you, uh, like, do you do you think they had like a moratorium on calling out spots now that you can hear literally every single thing that's happening everywhere? Yeah, I, I, I've thought about this, and I think it's two things. One, it's pre-recorded. So uh, if they, like, called the spots, they could have just edited out that audio easily. Uh, or uh, I, I heard Meltzer say that when there were uh, errors or botches, they would just cut, stop, and then redo it, oh. and then keep going. So if it was, they, they would probably just stop and be like, oh, the camera's picked it up, do it again. 
Okay. That's my opinion. That's what I think. So did right. anyone catch any of those though? By that I didn't. I did, I was trying to listen. I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything. Okay. Uh, the ladder match, uh, John for the tag team titles. It was John Morrison versus Kofi Kingston versus Jimmy Uso. I love that they did nothing, nothing, to explain why it's a singles match for the tag right. title. And why uh, was it? Uh, the actual reason is because Miz got a little sick and the Usos did not feel comfortable working with him, rightfully so, uh, and so they changed it. Uh, and then, But they never even tried to come up with an explanation in the storyline, which, like, what? Just say he broke his leg or something. Like yeah, that. like he was attacked. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway, I thought the match itself was pretty fun, and this is like when I was really like, "Oh wow, this is starting to be like way better than I thought it would be," and like they really went all out with some of their stunts, and uh, it was fun. It was fun. It was no, match. no title change. The ending was a creative, I guess, whatever, like a hokey creative WWE ending. When I, I hear, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was done. When I hear that, um, that John Morrison music. It just and this is totally irrational. It just takes me right back to like 2008 or whatever, when when Raw was just so like it's not that it's good now, but it was just like the nadir, like the absolute bottom of Raw, and you hear that I'm like, and he was on every three <laughs> seconds, so it just takes me back to that, you know, and like uh, yeah, Marina, I hate that. Uh, uh, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins, uh, probably the uh, best match of the night up until this point. Uh, really good. They it was a great combination of actually doing storytelling and like advancing their feud that's been going on, and like some cool stunts that they they pulled out, which I was not expecting. Which, you know, on the one hand, I'm like, guys, you don't have to do this, and on the other, I was like, man, this is awesome. Yeah. Well, I. I, I... One thing that really threw me was the white pants. Like I came to Seth Rollins outfit. Oh, I loved it because he's like a messiah now. So he's like doing the godly thing. Yeah, he's Jared Leto now. Yeah, I mean, with the cult. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it was really it was really blinding. Like uh, mm. somebody would have, might have to with epilepsy might have to turn down the brightness on their TV. And you know, up and up until this point, I will say every match was better than the last. And then we got Braun Strowman versus Goldberg, which, um, like, again, nothing. They did literally a nothing to explain why Roman Reigns was out of this match. I watched I watched SmackDown. I mean, I scanned through SmackDown, and then I just see the graphic, and I had to, like, re I, I rewound, like, five minutes to be like, wait, what was the explanation? And, like, there was no explanation. It's like, just announced Goldberg versus Braun. Did they even say that? What you just said? Because I didn't even hear that on SmackDown. Yeah, they they announced it on SmackDown. Like, oh, very so, okay. I think you said on this show. Oh no, no, no. Because I didn't watch SmackDown. But what I like to me, it just the whole thing just was set up and presented in a way that it seemed like this was always the match forever. Like they never said on WrestleMania that Braun Strowman was put into the match or anything. Right. They never said that Roman Reigns was taken out because, like. What one thing that's really weird to me about this is they're avoiding saying coronavirus, sick, you know, anything like that. Anything yeah. th it's like they're doing PR for coronavirus to yeah. like avoid talking about they it. They never said Saudi Arabia. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but the thing about it is like you can't 
avoid it when you look in the fucking you're watching the show and it's like there's no one there so it's like you're constantly reminded of it so like you're not doing a good job you know what i mean it it just makes it more apparent i'm gonna get ahead of myself a little bit but just on this topic like when they went to the cinematic things and i am not a real huge fan like the matt hardy stuff you know i know you loved it i wasn't all that crazy about it in tna and then they did these two matches on wrestlemania and people's argument was like well they can't do a show in the ring because it's boring and there's no crowd and just reminds you that it's a bummer and everyone's dying and stuff so they have to do this and i'm like well that sucks too how about not just not doing a show is that an option like if but, you know, that's, I mean, this is what they chose to do. So in that environment, yeah. you know, that's, I guess, the best they could do. Well, this match was just, like, hilarious. Because I was, like, uh, initially I was, like, uh, I don't know. Like, they can't just have this. Like, I tried to think, like, a booker. Like, when I did my predictions on Square Circle Pit, like, oh, it doesn't make sense for Braun to win because, you know, there's been no angle and they were building up this Roman Reigns match. Maybe they'll get to it at SummerSlam. But then I'm like, oh, no, they don't want to pay Goldberg extra to wrestle another time. They already agreed to this. They're going to fucking take it right off of him. And that's exactly what happened. But also on top of that, like, you have two choices. You can have him wrestle a three-minute match that he wins or you can have him wrestle a three-minute match that he loses. And are you gonna That's it. Are you going to have Braun Strowman lose in three minutes? Like, you can't. I mean, he did to Brock Lesnar, but not to <laughs> not to Goldberg, I guess. Right. Uh, Wasn't there, I mean, now I'm a little fuzzy on this. Wasn't there, like, extenuating circumstances? Like, he didn't just come out and Brock Lesnar just beat him, did he? Uh, the one out that they gave him is that Brock attacked him before the bell rang. But uh, otherwise, he'd be... Oh, this was the Saudi Arabia show, right? Is that what uh, happened? No, no. The Saudi Arabia show was him versus Cain Velasquez. And that was, like, oh. literally eight seconds. Like, oh, just... Kofi. Kofi, right? No, Cain Velasquez. Kofi as well was eight seconds. I mean, Brock yeah. has been having short matches, too. Uh, but, yeah, so this was essentially the same as the Brock match. It was four spears. Then he missed the next spear. And Strowman did, like, three of his uh, power slams. Yeah. No, he did... Three power slams. And then a running power slam. And then a running power slam. That was Whoa. it. That was the big move. Goldberg had to train for eight weeks to uh, take that. Uh, but then I was like, all right, great. At least Goldberg's not the champ. He should have never been champ. But can I just say, like, Braun Strowman looked like he did not give a fuck about this match. Like, he was just not doing his usual. And he was like, I mean, he did it, but it seemed like his heart wasn't in it. I don't know. I think, like, when he's saw the title in his hands and hit him. He seemed pretty caught up. Yeah. In. But yeah, even the... still, it's like, who cares? Like, this match means, not, I don't know, like, <laughs> I, I think, here's the thing, like, they, yeah, like, these shows have been going on for three weeks now, and the further we get into these no-fan shows, and I've already been a little, uh, like, indifferent about WWE, the further we get in, the less and less I'm like, eh, it doesn't matter. It's like these aren't these are essentially exhibitions at this point. Like none of this, it, it makes me almost question the entire the entire illusion. You know, like it's yeah. like, well, what does matter? You know, like it, when does it matter? Why does it matter? Because there's a crowd out there. Why am I watching this? You know, but like it's a great point because it really makes you the way they're doing it makes you really realize the fakeness of it and how fake their shit usually is. And the and I hate to 
I, I would even say it's fake. I think the pointlessness. It's more pointless. You, you, there's no urgency. There's no like what. Like why do I care? You know. Like that's kind of. That's why I feel. Uh, but I will say with the Boneyard match is when I did start it, like that had my attention completely. I don't, you know, essentially this was, this match was shot uh, cinematically and there was a score. There was like music changes. Cinematically. Uh, quote, unquote. quote unquote. Yeah. It was, sh- it was essentially like one of those broken hearty sketches. Uh, and it was, you know uh, what it was more like than a broken hearty sketch? It was like a WWE direct to DVD movie. Like, uh, like, um, the King, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> that's what it uh, was like. Well, it was like a Matt Hardy sketch without the irony because the Matt Hardy thing had like a lot of bits and con- this was shot like a thriller horror movie. But I, as far as an Undertaker match, this has been the best Undertaker match I saw in years, in like in over six years. I can't disagree with that point, but that doesn't make it good. Like, those matches were so pitiful. Like this being a, a rung above it. Well, let me problem. say what I what I liked about it. Then you tell me what you don't like about it. Okay. Right. I what I liked about it was it was just so ridiculous. And like from like first of all, you know it started with the the hearse coming in, and at first and you're believed to think that oh it's the Undertaker coming in on his hearse, and and then I was just like oh what. Kind of entrance could AJ Styles possible? Is he gonna drive it in a Chevy or whatever? You know, but then it's then they got you and the goof is like, oh, it was AJ Styles. So immediately I was kind of like hooked in by the the swerve. And then Undertaker comes in with his dumb bike and the Metallica playing. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, like let's do this. Like, I don't know. I, it was like they were doing all they were upping the ante with all this uh silly seriousness. Then I was just like, all right, all right, what what's the next absurd thing that they're gonna have to make me uh take seriously? And it was so campy and like the fighting was silly, and then they had the dialogue, like he essentially stole a line from Nelson Muntz from The Simpsons about like you made me bleed my own blood. Which was the <laughs> Nelson line, and he basically like, Oh, look what you did. Now look what you made me do, or something like that. And and, and like so it was silly, and then of course. I'm like, you know, where obviously Anderson and Gallows have to interfere. Like, they, they've been setting up the story. It's it only makes sense. And sh- and then like the druids come out, like the 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 Foot Clan and the Ninja Turtles <laughs> or whatever. And I'm like, all right, like let's throw in all these silly '90s '80s tropes. And then when it really like when I was really like sold on the whole thing was when the three seconds of offense that AJ Styles got because everyone like triple teamed him or whatever. And then they threw Undertaker in the ditch. And then you're just like, is this the end of like, this can't be the end of the Undertaker. And then he just appears behind AJ in the like best silly possible Undertaker, like in canon thing you can do. And then eventually just slams him off the, they had the nice little spot with the slamming off the top of the roof. Uh, into the gimmick little wooden area, and, and then of course, <laughs> well, how did? Oh, he buries him, of course, which is very morbid. If you like, it, like we we were just talking about how they don't want to mention sickness, they don't want to mention coronavirus, but you're showing right. a fucking guy being buried alive when right. there's like like trucks coming out of hospitals with fucking dead bodies in them. It's like, like where is your tone police here? But 
I was like, it was just so silly at that point that like, you know, he buries AJ, the music hits, his logo is somehow on the roof of this fucking shed. And then you just see the last shot of AJ's hand sticking out. And I was just like, this is, I was thoroughly entertained and and, and thought it was, it was, it was a fun, it was truly a fun distraction for those 30 minutes for myself. Well, not, I want to just backtrack a little bit before I, Give my comments on this, but not only did they um, not want to show, you know, talk about coronavirus and then show someone being buried alive, the actual actors are rolling around in dirt like during a worldwide <laughs> plague. Like, didn't this bother anybody that it's just so completely unsanitary? Like, my my sanitary gene was just exploding with all this dirt and cemetery shit. So that bothered me a little bit. Um, I don't really disagree with anything you said. Like I thought it was well done. You know, it was. You know, they were good in it. But I just have a much lower tolerance for this stuff than you do. Like I am perfectly okay with goofy shit in wrestling. I'm perfectly okay with goofy gimmicks, uh, dumb jokes, fart jokes, Scotty Too Hotty doing the worm, and uh, all this <laughs> stuff is fine with me. You know, the people's elbow. But it's wrestling. Like, I don't want to watch wrestling and see two guys in a graveyard with cinematic music and stuff like disappearing behind each other and they can do magic to each other. Like, I don't, I want to see some semblance of wrestling. So, this kind of shit is an immediate turnoff. Now, knowing that they were going to do it anyway, and like, I try to be open minded to it, like, go into it and say, all right, for what this is. Do I enjoy it? But it's it, my resistance to it is too much. Like the whole time I'm just thinking about, all right, well, what happens when we can go to an arena again? What happens when the government lifts all this shit and there's regular wrestling again? AJ Styles was literally murdered. Uh, Luke Gallows was literally murdered and set on fire. You know, Carl Anderson is dead. Are they just going to appear on Raw tomorrow? Like what happens? I, I was wondering how this. they're going to write them back in. I Yeah, I don't know. I assume... I, in my head, I was like, oh, maybe Gallows and Anderson, uh, like, you know, undug the grave. But then you're right. He killed them, too. So <laughs> He lit the guy on fire. I mean, did I see something? Did I miss something? Where he escaped yeah. and put himself out with a fire extinguisher? Like, he's fucking dead. He's dead. If any of this makes sense or means anything, he's dead. Am right. I wrong? So I, I, the only option is it doesn't mean anything. And it's right. just they're Which having my fun. original thesis. <laughs> and they're no, but but this is what takes me out of it. And I'm not arguing with you to each his own if you no, like no, it. No, I, like... I, I think I'm not discrediting what you're saying at all. Like I think it's very valid and I understand why people didn't like it. But well, I and I don't even want to say I didn't like it. Like if this was a, a direct to DVD movie, I might like it more. It's the context that we're right. supposed to be watching a wrestling match that makes it shitty to me. Because what like all right, you have two options. You have it means something and it, it's totally ridiculous or it means absolutely nothing. And they're just three guys cooperating with each other to make a movie. So that's too much on them. And it has to be B, right? It has to be B. You can't have, you can't have, they show up again after being dead. And that's part of the story. So it has to be total. Like this, we're taking a break from wrestling. We're making a movie. Correct. Yeah. And we have to agree that it's that. So if it's that, like, like, I don't know, it just takes me too much out of it. Like, I'm trying to watch a wrestling show, 
I'm trying to watch a sporting event or something that purports to be a sporting event. And that's, that's presenting fun. itself as a sporting event. Yeah, that's yeah. what makes it fun for me. That's what I enjoy about wrestling. I can watch this kind of stuff in 150 different streaming movies right now. So I don't need this from WWE. I want WWE to be what it's supposed to be. And, then, mm-hmm. and when they when they step outside that too much, I get annoyed with it. And I really don't like it. This was better than the other one, though. The other one, I mean... Well, we'll get to it. We'll get right, to it. Right, right. right. But so I just wanted then, to throw it in now for, for comparison purposes. Uh, okay, so that was night one. And then again, like I said, I was like, oh, three hours, easy watch. Maybe maybe tomorrow will be all right. Mm-hmm. All right. We can't off. It wasn't all right. It wasn't all right. We kick things off with, uh, again, we didn't mention 70 McMahon introducing both nights of the show. You know, I I, I guess I came in late because I didn't see her introduced the first night. So I guess she did both. I only saw her on the second. Wow, was that pointless. Yeah, like I don't understand. Was that to tell people that, like, explain to people why there was no crowd? Like, I was like, what is the corporate reason that she's in front of in front of this. Can like, you remind me what she said? I don't know. She was just like, oh, we're on a closed set. And, you know, we're all, you know, just because we're all dealing with like this extreme situation and we're just trying to give you a distraction. Like I'm paraphrasing, obviously. And, you know, we're on a closed set with utmost safety. Here we present ah. WrestleMania. Yeah. So I was going to, I was going to ask you, by the way, good stuff in the attention. Uh, I was going to ask you what, like, because I re- you didn't, you got to it at the end. I was going to ask you, I, I remembered her saying something like assuring the audience that they weren't giving each other coronavirus. Yeah. She did, right? I, yeah. Well, well, like, very vaguely. Bullshit. Because, yeah. like, all they do is get, take their temperature when they walk in the door. Like, right. you have no idea. If well, I, I, think, I think they might be saying they do a little more than that. Uh, but yeah. I don't know. I have no, like, what can you do? I don't know. What you can do is stay home and not yeah. do a seven-hour wrestling well, show. Ultimately, yes. <laughs> so they're choosing not to do that and forcing their employees to do it. The only ones who got out of it, like you said, were two fairly big guys. One of them being the Miz. I don't think they're forcing because a lot of people are, are sitting out. Uh, Who's sitting out voluntarily? They're just not being used. Uh, Carmella. Corey Graves. Okay, all right. Fair enough. I didn't know. Uh, there, yeah, there's a, uh, like Amaro isn't, isn't traveling. So everyone who appeared there chose to, to do it. Yeah, I would say. I mean, again, like, I, I can't, I don't know what the corporate thing, but it does seem like there's people that didn't show up that aren't going to be penalized. But You also knows? have to remember, like, this is WWE, so, like, they can, they're, they're so shitty that they can say, like, yeah, sure, you have the right to stay home, and then you do it, and then you get booked like hell for the next two years, you know. Like, yeah, I guess we'll see. So there will be people who are not only not only will we see what happens to the people who didn't do it, but also people who did participate might have felt like they had to do that, even though it was stated that they right. Didn't. I hear what you're saying. Uh, Gronk was next uh, to introduce the show again, and like it's so like this guy. I I remember actually the last time you and I did a. Uh, a recap of WrestleMania. Gronk was on doing that battle royal or whatever, if you recall. And uh, I was just like, who the fuck is this guy? You're like, oh, he's a really big football player. And it's like silly that I have to explain to you who Gronk is because like he's just so known. But like clearly not known as a public speaker because this dude just, I mean, like he's fine, but like, I don't know. He's not a host. A host he is not. Well, what th- that's what's crazy that they gave him that role. Like, you get Gronk for his name or whatever, 
and then you make him just talk a <laughs> like, lot. What he sucks yeah, at. So weird. Uh, then Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley, and this might have been the best match of the show for night two by default. Uh, uh, I loved, loved how Charlotte was essentially working a Ric Flair match and was getting not like irritated, but like couldn't believe that the announcers weren't pointing it out. But then they finally pointed it out like 10 minutes in. And I'm like, thank you. All right. Because this is like, like literally right out of the Ric Flair playbook. And I'm saying this as the highest compliment, like Charlotte Flair is so good. Uh, and then she beat Rhea Ripley for the women's title, which I was a little surprised by because it seems like they just jobbed out Rhea Ripley, you know, like very much so. Yeah, like Rhea Ripley loses much more from losing to Charlotte than Charlotte would lose if Rhea Ripley beat her. And Rhea Ripley had way more to gain from beating Charlotte than Charlotte had to gain from beating Rhea Ripley. And uh, yeah, so go ahead. She didn't just beat Rhea Ripley, though. She beat her for the fucking title of the organization she's not even in. Like, she beat her for the NXT title. And, you know, they're trying to position NXT as, like, the equal to Raw and SmackDown. They had NXT look really strong on Which is uh, Survivor Series. But it's just like, no one's going to buy that. Everyone's going to think it's the third brand. And to me, kind of comes across like Charlotte is bigger than the women's title. Yes. In NXT, and you never want that. No, I agree. But I get from a business standpoint, I guess uh, they wanted her on NXT to help with the ratings since they're losing to AEW, maybe. I don't know. And so maybe she's a champion and can defend against their roster. On the plus side, though, I'm looking forward to Charlotte versus Ia Shirai, Charlotte versus Candice LeRae. There's a lot of uh, women on the NXT roster that Charlotte can have fun matches with. So. I think more than it being a problem of putting Charlotte there, it's a problem with putting NXT on USA and having it try to be Raw or SmackDown Part 3, which I really can't stand. Like, I feel like it was doing great just being what it was, and they're only putting it in a position where it could be diminished, you know? Agreed. I liked it much more uh, as a one-hour show. But, I mean... What are we going to do? <laughs> right. So what uh, I'm saying, well, as we pick it apart and go like, oh, they shouldn't have done this. They shouldn't have done that. Those are all like outcomes from trying to build up NXT artificially to be something else that it isn't and screwing it up. more. Like if they would yeah. just leave it alone, it would have been better than it is now. Alistair versus Bobby Lashley. This was like the Elias Corbin match of this night. It was all right, I guess, whatever. I, I didn't really pay attention, but essentially Lana... Like, uh, Lashley had uh, uh, Alistair in position to do a power slam, and Lana told him to do the spear instead. So he put down uh, Alistair, and then when he went for the spear, Alistair did his black mass spin kick and then won. So the right guy won, and I guess they're doing the story. They're already breaking up Lana and Lashley, which is insane to me that they just got them together, and their their first storyline is them breaking up. So I don't know. Everything Where? is written on the back of a napkin like five minutes before every show. So. Yeah. So long uh, then Otis versus Dolph Ziggler, which before the the shutdown, before everything got, you know, this was my favorite angle on SmackDown. This was my favorite storyline. And I was like, I was like, man, I know WWE, but I really hope that Otis ends up with Mandy because it like it would be awesome. And like, why would you like Otis is genuinely 
the most over new character that they have right now. I can't think of anyone that evokes the type of reaction that he gets as like a new guy, like obviously New Day or, you know, an established act would. So it's like, don't kill him by having him be so such a dumbass that a girl outsmarts him. Uh, so they didn't do that. But like the way they got here was just so weird. Again, you said you didn't watch SmackDown. They showed it at the beginning of this, but I want to quickly mention it, that there's a hacker on SmackDown who has access to security footage, who finally showed the security footage that all of us put together just based on these weird looks they were giving, which is that Sonya texted Otis uh, using Mandy's phone when Mandy wasn't looking to tell Otis that she's running a little late. And then that's why Otis came late. And then she planned with Dolph for him to show up on time to start the date with Mandy, so then Otis would be heartbreaking, broken. And then Mandy saw this and was like, you were my friend, how could you? And uh, in the match, essentially, Mandy runs down and say helps Otis uh, after Sonya gives, uh, tries to help Dolph or whatever. And then they end up doing a big kiss, which would have been a huge pop if this was an actual yeah. WrestleMania moment, but there was no one there. I have a couple of things to say about this. Number one is that, and I don't know if you noticed this or if I saw it wrong, but she seemed like really not into that kiss. Like, did it was it me or did I imagine that? Well, I didn't notice she that. She seemed like the, that was like the most passionless kiss in uh, wrestling history. You know what it was? I think what it was was he wasn't looking at her. I was I was watching it. And she was, like, trying to get his attention with her eyes. And then when he finally looks, she's like, all right, I need to kiss you because that's what the yeah. script calls for. But, like, they didn't have that connect, like, the, the connection that you're saying because he wasn't looking at her. Oh, it was his fault. He was looking at the yeah. crowd. Uh, the, <laughs> the other thing, and by the way, I'm joking, but a lot of these wrestlers, are they're so conditioned to doing things one way because it's so scripted. They still look around at the crowd and stuff. Have you noticed that too? Like they pause yes. for reactions and stuff. It's so annoying. Some, some people do it jokingly, but when people do it sincerely, it's like you're not playing to the crowd. You're playing to the camera. It, that really bothers me too. Uh, yeah, like it's a different type of show. Like mm -hmm. you're doing something completely different here. It's not the same thing. There's no adaptability. The other thing, quickly about Otis that I wanted to say is that uh, I, I just I. I, w I always ask myself, why is he so popular? And he's good. He's not like I'm not putting him down. He's entertaining and all that. But he and I, I came to the realization that he is like the like kind of transported here from a time when WWF didn't suck. He's kind of a guy that would just fit in in like 1992 WWF yeah, or even 98. I feel like somewhat. Yes, I could see that. But I just feel like he's really like. He does has a lot of those mannerisms that like Hacksaw Jim Duggan or somebody in that yeah. kind of mold has, and I feel like that's just people. Are, WWE is so bad all the time that people are longing for just like something, like something to remind them of why they liked it in the first place. You know? Yeah, he's very charismatic as well, and I feel it's like you can't not like him. Yes. You know? Yes, it's a combination. I'm not trying to say it's all like he has nothing and it's but I, I really feel like he that's his appeal, you know, is that mm -hmm. people like the same reason they chant ECW. Why do they chant ECW? There's no more ECW. It's been gone for right. years and years and years. They're remembering a time when wrestling was good. And that's why they True. chant that. I see what it's you're the saying. same thing with Otis, you know, they're seeing these like the way wrestling used to be kind of like, you know, fun, I guess. I don't know. Well, speaking of a time when wrestling was good, uh, it was not this time, which was Edge 
versus Randy Orton. In Speaking a last, of time. <laughs> yeah. Last man standing match. Uh, this match went 36 minutes, 36 seconds. The second longest match in WrestleMania history. And the only after- longer match was the one intended to be long on purpose. Yes, which was the Iron Man match. Exactly. So one this- minute one minute and one second for every WrestleMania, you're saying. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's true. Uh, I am a huge Edge fan. I loved Edge. He was one of my favorites. When he was on top, he was like the anti-John Cena and like he was like the only thing worth enjoying in the main event scene when John Cena was like coming up, and I was always a big fan. He, even and like he made everything work. I feel. Yeah, he had a, he liked Jericho. He had like a lot of different reinventions of himself. Yes, I think that's a great comparison. He's a lot like Jericho in that way, and that like whatever he gets hit with, he'll make it work, and it's and he'll make it good. This, however, was not it. No. This, I mean, I loved him at the Rumble. I was looking forward to this. I I, I definitely felt like feel bad for him is, is like an exaggeration there. You know, there's people with family missing that you should feel bad for. But like there was a bit of sympathy because like, oh, this was his big comeback in front of 70,000 people. And like, you can't have that. So they have to do this match. And I could not believe like, why did it have to be so long? If this match was 15 minutes at most, it would have been fine. It would have been good. But there was so much just dead walking around, walk, punch, walk, punch, uh, decent spot. But then like three minutes of selling of like and, and, and you mentioned during the graveyard match how you were getting your like OCD about the the dirt or whatever. During this match, Orton was coughing so much that I was just like every time he coughed, I was getting shivers like, oh, God, cover your mouth. Like, <laughs> you know, cough <laughs> your elbow. Come on. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, I I guess I like the story at the end of the match and the beginning of the match. I like how it started. I like how it ended. Hated everything else. Not hated. I was bored with everything else. Well, it's just how many many different ways can you, like, climb up on something and fall off? You know, how many different ways or how many different places can you punch somebody in? Like, it just was... It just dragged on forever. And I like both of these guys. And I think it was a good idea to like kind of try to play on their, you know, uh, their past as wrestlers and, and all yeah. that, their history. But it's just, it's, it was just, they did nothing. They did absolutely nothing with it except uh, recreate the, the Benoit suicide for some strange. Oh, yeah, that was like, how did that get? This was edited. How did that get past editing? How did the, how did this whole match get past editing? You could have edited huge chunks of it out. Like, why not? In fact, it, it was so unedited. I started to think maybe the opposite happened, and they just looped footage by accident. Somehow. <laughs> it seemed like they were doing the same thing over and over again. So yeah, that was it whatever. Was just yeah, it was fucking brutal. But the Benoit thing, not only. Did he hang him by like a belt or what? What was it like some strap or something? Yeah, it was like, yeah. But it was from an exercise machine, which is what Benoit hanged him. It was exactly from. the same way he hanged himself. Yeah, and yeah, and also it's just so weird. Uh, like I mean, it's weird in general that they would do that because they used to be so sensitive about any sort of choking uh, on screen. But also, like, two weeks after Vice just had their documentary about Benoit, and it's like, I mean, look, uh, they can't assume that everyone saw that, but 
So they had that, that had to have been done on purpose, right? Like the, the, no, the, I don't think so. I think well, not not like I don't mean like WWE, like Vince McMahon had a meeting and said we're gonna do the Benoit shit. You know, like I think <laughs> I'm saying like someone got the bright idea and either I could see maybe they left they knowingly left it in after. I mean, or, yeah, no one will notice. See, I believe more that they'd leave it in by accident because no one thought of it, but to come up with it and execute it, like someone had to have thought of that. It's too oh, much yeah. no, right I, down I the line. I assume they improv it, like as they were just wrestling around, like, what could I do with the equipment here to, mm. I don't know. But even, I, there's I, there's no excuse. Yeah, <laughs> it's terrible, just brutal. Uh, all right, then it was- and that, was a, that was bad when they, they, the worst part was they brought in an eight-year-old and, and shot him. That was even more terrible. I couldn't believe they did that. <laughs> I must have oh. seen through that part. Yeah, it's awful. Uh, then uh, the, they paid Gronk all that money to do a high spot and win the 24 fucking seven title. Uh, I guess they needed something for, for Sports Center or whatever. Yes, that's definitely what that is. A paid uh, Yeah, and then um, Street Profits defeated Angel Garza and Austin Theory. This match uh, meant nothing. Uh, it was like whatever, I guess. It, what it meant was that uh, B- uh, Bianca, what's her name? Not- Belair. Belair, thank you. Awesome. <laughs> Had a brain fart. Uh, Bianca Belair debuted, and maybe she'll be on the main roster. So if that's the case, that would be cool. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, then we had the five-way women's elimination match, which, eh, I mean, I, I wanted Sasha to win, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I thought, by the way, before we actually get into the nuts and bolts of that match, like the women on this show, both nights, the grunting like i can't like i thought i thought that i was watching a porno they grunt so it was like a dildo on a pole i mean it wasn't even just the women it was the men too it was the the men men. too but i noticed it way more like because they they do it so high pitch and shrill and like a stereotypical way it just goes into like the silent like that's why there needs to be crowd there they do this all the time you just don't notice it as much because the crowd is there but all right but my argument is why are they doing it in the first place? Like, why are they screaming like they're like they're being assaulted every second? It just doesn't seem realistic, like with what's actually happening. Yeah, it's off. It's so jarring. Like, it takes me out of the match. You know. Uh yeah. And so then eventually, uh, Bailey won. The drama was that her and Sasha Banks were having a little a little heat, and then uh, Lacey Evans grabbed Sasha, gave her the women's right. And shoved Bailey, and then Bailey essentially watched Sasha get eliminated, and Bailey didn't do anything when she could have. And then later, Sasha ran back in and hit Lacey Evans, which, as I'm saying, this sounds so ridiculous, to help Bailey eliminate Lacey, and so Bailey retained the title. So they're put, they're clearly slowly setting up a Sasha Bailey match, which I'm I'm for that. It's just it's not what would be nice is if, and we're talking about WWE, so you know. Don't get your hopes up. But like to have a more of a like character depth type of story where they could go back to NXT and say that Bailey has like a legitimate gripe with the way that Sasha Banks treated her over the years, and she could be like a heel who's got a point. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, yeah. Her. I think it's going to be that. I think it is going to be that. It's going to be the opposite now. I think Sasha is going to turn face and see like, oh, what is this monster I created by encouraging her to like be this mean or selfish or whatever and be this quote-unquote road model. It turned back on her. Yeah. Uh, So that could be cool. 
And then we had the Firefly Funhouse match. It was a match? Sure. Uh, Ray Wyatt versus John Cena. Um, I thought this was like, you know, we play on, on the live cast, we play Thrash It or Trash It. Uh, I will give this a 51 to 60% thrash. I liked more of it than I didn't like of it. Uh, I liked the silliness. I liked how it was like a David Lynch short. <laughs> and how I, I like this idea that Bray is literally getting into people's heads. And like the, the whole match was exposing John Cena's insecurities. Mm-hmm. But then there was like, I don't know. There was just like it, stuff that the execution was like a little like, what the fuck? Like uh, the Saturday night's main event thing <laughs> and the NWO thing, which was, I it was supposed to represent him turning heel. Like it was a little, and then there really wasn't a match. It was, it was just like a skit. And then it, uh, then it had, they had the thing at the end and he just gets him in the choke and, and pins him or whatever. And then Cena disappears. And just like at this point in the show, I was like, all right, sure, I'll take it. <laughs> it's over. Thank goodness. I'll take it. That was like my reaction. It was all right. It was okay. Like it wasn't the best thing ever. It definitely wasn't as good as a boneyard match, but it was trying to be something different. Uh, and some of the things they were trying to do didn't really hit with me. Well, here's the problem I don't want something different. I want wrestling that's good. If you wanted to, you know, be creative within that parameter you know that's fine i don't want to see a skit i didn't tune into wrestlemania in one of the main events of wrestlemania to see a skit like i don't need to see that the skits are supposed to be in service of promoting a match and then when you get to the end you have a match and then the match happens and somebody wins and somebody loses and that's the end like why i don't understand why we're reinventing that at this point like i know that they had extenuating circumstances with the virus stuff and I'm, i give them certain amount of creative license like to do other things uh but this is ju- it's just it's self-indulgent like boring like to me this felt longer than the randy orton and edge match i know it oh. wasn't but it was just dread like all right what am i even watching here like all right he's exposing i totally get what they were doing like it's supposed to be inside john cena's head and he's you know, he's afraid that it's he all called, his like failures and all that. Yeah, he called John. He called Bray Wyatt like an overhyped, you know, overweight, whatever. All the stuff that he actually was, you know, overprivileged, got all the chances and, uh, you know, that nobody else got. And he's realizing that he. But here's my point. Why do I care what his insecurities are? Like, why does that? Why am I invested in that? He's an asshole. Like he's he did do all this shit to all these people like. I don't need to see him learn this and like cry about it. Well, from the story they're telling, he is not an asshole. He's the sympathetic one. Right. Well, the why is he sympathetic if now I'm if all right, let's say I'm not me, I'm the audience. And I've just now learned that this hero of mine for the past 15 years is actually an asshole. Did all this stuff to people. Well, how is he an asshole? Like, well, isn't the whole that. point it's of this that he buried people? You know, he uh, he put himself over, which is what they're saying when they say he was overhyped. He wasn't a really good wrestler. So you're talking about the promos now, not the match. 
I'm talking was, about the match. the match. This was in what, the match. What, what in the match? Said they kept playing. Started. They they kept playing. Well, it's it's refer. It's a Bray Wyatt thing, so it's referred to sort of cryptically. But they played that John Cena promo of him burying Bray Wyatt six years ago. Uh-huh. Remember? With and the, they said, you yeah. are the most overhyped, overweight, you know, overprivileged. Yeah. You didn't do anything to get where you are because he's he was a son of a wrestler and all that. So they played that back while John Cena was like laying on his back while they were showing like negative moments from his career. And while John Cena was like failing to hit Bray Wyatt, they were trying to show oh, okay. cinematically yeah. that he is what he was saying Bray Wyatt is, that he's not good at wrestling, that he's uh, only there for like how he looks, he's muscular, and that he was pushed at the expense of other people and that he took part in that and held other people back from. So that's to me what they were saying, like what he always questioned, what he heard about himself is actually true. And that's why he's insecure. So I've learned this now about my favorite wrestler. I'm a John Cena mark. And I now say, oh, that's actually true. This movie just taught me that John. So what, what is my takeaway supposed to be? He's an asshole. Okay, so yeah, why, I get what you're saying. But why? So where are they going with this? Like to me, well, it's for, especially for someone like they, who they wrote him it. out. It seems like he's being written out right now. Like this is probably it for him for now, for a while. Well, wasn't he already out? They only brought yeah. him back to do this this stupid skit. Yeah. So why did he need to be written out? Just leave him out. That would have been a much better show. Well. <laughs> <laughs> he was out. He's still out. Yeah. Okay. I enjoyed that match. Uh, All right. I'm sorry. I got off on a tangent there. But like I but said, yeah. I want to see wrestling matches. It's not a wrestling match. And on top of that, it was really... Uh, a, a cinematic alright to compare it to the Boneyard match okay which was a match I'm sorry it was with all the music and stuff and my big complaint fight. yeah right it's a fight it wasn't a match and I'm not, I don't want to see them do those things all the, but compared to this it was closer to being a match than that was at least they hit yeah, each other there was no match yeah there was no match it was just one move and then that's it so with if you're good oh sorry go ahead yeah no that's it if you're gonna do that why are you bringing in literally the worst actor in the last two decades of wrestling to take part in that? Like, I feel <laughs> like even with this thing, I don't want to see this company do even let's say they're doing it. I can't stop it. It's on the tracks. It's come, going down the roller coaster tracks and it's going to happen. You put the absolute worst person that you could into the middle of well, it. Well, I would disagree with that because he's the one with the history, like the, they could play off their history. Oh, and but like he's, right. he's the one who the fans know that career history. Of. Like it has to be someone with a career like that to have those those beats. And also, I, I heard that apparently uh, the ideas of the match was Bruce Pritchard, the Booker, and uh, Bray Wyatt, and then Cena came in and he changed a lot of stuff, uh, allegedly for the better. So, what does that mean specifically? I'm assuming that uh, now this is me me putting like he probably added a lot of the career stuff a lot of the personalized cena stuff probably but i don't know like it could have maybe initially it could have just been about like the match at wrestlemania but then perhaps cena was like well why don't we go to my debut and i wear my original gear and all that stuff i think it misunderstood what i said though i'm saying like not why they picked john cena career-wise why they pick somebody who can't act 
if you're going to do a cinematic. Well, they, I, I would argue that they disagree with people who can't. Act. I but would agree with that. I agree with your disagreement. But I think they're <laughs> wrong because they, yeah. they they have been putting him in, you know, on TV for a long time. So. And they're clearly wrong to do that, too. And then the main event was Drew McIntyre against Brock Lesnar. And again, like we said, this is essentially like a better version of the Braun Goldberg match. Uh, Brock did a bunch of power suplexes, power moves. Uh, oh, I guess McIntyre first hit his finisher immediately at the at the beginning of the match. Brock kicked out. Uh, he tried to go for another one. Then Brock countered and did a bunch of suplexes, and then did an F five. McIntyre kicked out. Then he did uh, another F five. He kicked out another one. Kicked out, and then he tried to go another one. And then McIntyre got out of it, did a claymore kick, and then two more claymore kicks, and then won it clean. Uh, to win the title to end the event. And the so saddest... Like, yeah. This was... It was like, okay, cool. But this doesn't mean anything. I don't know. It was weird. Right. It's hard to process that somebody just won a major title on this show when they're standing in a room with, like, two other people in it. You know, it's just kind of... <laughs> it's but, it, but I felt so bad for him because, like, I watched that... Yeah. Uh, what I don't know. They're what they call it, but their version of like 24 seven or where they, yeah, the Chronicle, I believe. Right. They follow the guy around and they do his life story and all this stuff. And they showed uh, drew McIntyre going around. And the first thing you see is like, yeah, you know, I've, <laughs> I've always been unlucky and uh, everything I've done. They put me in stupid gimmicks and all this stuff. And then I'm supposed to win the title. And then WrestleMania is canceled. Like, oh, this poor guy, and here he is in WrestleMania winning and doing his, like, poses like there's 50,000 people there, and it's so sad. Like, I just, I went, like, ah, I felt so bad for him. Like, yeah. I shouldn't feel bad for him. He won the championship, but, like, no one gives a fuck. Like, it doesn't mean right, anything right. at all. It means yeah. absolutely nothing. So he's, like, the ultimate sad. Oh, he said one other thing that was really funny, which was, like, uh, I don't want anyone to remember me being the guy with the air guitar, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I forgot it until you just said that, asshole. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was sad. Like when he was on uh, the top rope, like celebrating with the title in the air, yes. and just being like, like you're all here, you're all here with me. I'm I'm, like, a, I'm not imagining you. <laughs> you're all, and he's like pointing to the crowd, like you're all out here right now. I see everyone. <laughs> He's like just delusional. They should have done a a, a funhouse, uh, you know, TV funhouse uh, shot right. of actual That's people that he sees. Yeah. <laughs> he should have seen Matt Hardy appearing randomly in each seat one by one, like they did on uh, AEW. Did you see that shot? I don't know if you saw. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I love that. I love <laughs> That's that. what. That's what Drew McIntyre's view should have been. They just should have cut to Matt Hardy appearing in each seat in the arena, over and over. <laughs> I love all the fans that came out here to WrestleMania. <laughs> you know, that should be his new gimmick. Imagine he's like just delusional for however long they have to do this coronavirus, like empty stadium shows. He just goes <laughs> to every show and thinks there's people cheering for him everywhere. I would love that. I mean, like, they got to do something out of the box. Yeah, so that's WrestleMania. I thought it was all right. I don't regret watching it, you know, which I thought I would. <laughs> like I right. said, I had very, I had very low expectations because I, I, like we, we've mentioned how, you know, watching the shows leading up to this, it's been a little bit of a downer. 
to see. And like, uh, it, it really just hits you over the head of how big of a bummer this whole situation is. But they did do a, a decent job distracting me. There were a few matches where I totally got caught up in it. Uh, and, and so for that, like, I, I, while I agree with you, ultimately, this whole thing, this whole exercise was pointless. Like, we didn't need WrestleMania. Like, these people's safety is more important than WrestleMania. But it's not like they decided, whoever decided, well, we know who decided. Uh, it have, I think in spite of everything, with all the limitations and challenges, I thought everyone involved with it uh, did a great job. And, and I like, I, I mean, they did as good a job as they could with the conditions. And so it's like, I, there is, there is a little bit of like, I, I have a huge amount of respect for them for doing that. Right at least and trying to and like knowing their limitations and being like all right this sucks but this is wrestlemania we got to do something cool let's let's come up with something and then some of them were much more successful than others and to the successful ones i'm very impressed especially with like the ladder match kevin owens and seth rollins and and the boneyard match those were the standouts for me well i i don't want to appear that i'm like disparaging the wrestlers because i don't think I don't right. have any of this. Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to make clear as well. Yeah, right. that's a good point, and I agree with you. But I just question not just the wisdom of doing this from a safety aspect, because that's number one, uh, but also just by soiling WrestleMania. Like, what was the big urgency to do this show? Like, what was what did it matter? Like, what was gained from it? And why? As an alternative, like, let me throw this out there. What if they waited? And they just said, you know what? Uh, we're going to put on WrestleMania whenever we're allowed to fill up an arena again. Like, let's say it's June or July. We don't know yet. But it won't be July. It'll what be I, like November. I, I'm just making it up out of, out, of, uh, out of thin air. But let's just say some miracle happened and we're allowed to have a show by late July. Would it be that terrible to do Raw every week? and have these storylines, same ones, advance and build to those matches. It would be the same amount of time they spent building to matches in 1987. I, I, but, but, but what if it is in July? What if it's November? All right, if, let's put it this way. So you get to July, and you reassess. So maybe they can't do it. But why rush to get it out on the date that you were planning to originally do it? When no I, one can even go anyway. I think they just wanted to get it over with. Like, For what? So they could yeah. do more empty Well, what's matches? weird to me, yeah, what's weird to me is they start, they advertise the Money in the Bank pay-per-view next month as well. It's like, wait, what? what <laughs> like, you're you, going to yeah. keep going? Can't even, you can't even use the usual WWE excuse of greed because they're not getting anything out of this. They have their... their they are. They're making but, money. But they have their, what? What are they making? What's the, what's well, the upside? Merchandise sales, all that stuff. Right, but I'm saying they'd be making that no matter what they with on some other method too. If it wasn't WrestleMania, oh. they'd still be showing a show every week. They'd still be promoting all these guys that are selling T-shirts, right? I but the shows have to lead to something. I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I don't know. Like, I agree with you. I but... agree. It's still going to lead to something. I'm not saying they shouldn't do WrestleMania. I'm saying why rush to get it on on April 5th? specifically the WrestleMania brand. You're saying, yeah, yes. I I I, I agree. Like, I don't know why it's necessary. I I like I'm with you, but they did it and it was fine. And I'm in a way, I'm glad it's over now, so that we don't have to be like, oh, just cancel WrestleMania, right? It's like, all right, it's over. It's over. Now, now we can do cancel money in the bank already. 
Uh, all right, well, that was the show. This was a fun recap. We hope you enjoyed it. We'd love your feedback, as always. Let us know what you thought of this. Email us, hatemail at metalinjection.net. Thank you, Darren. I thank you. I also want to say, uh, if you're listening, if you're a Squared Circle Pit listener, listen to our podcast. And if you're a Metal Injection Livecast listener, listen to Squared Circle Pit. There's not one bad episode. It's fantastic. Oh. And uh, please, uh, we want that crossover juice. Let's get that going.